Mr. Tay Jr. Welcome back to Talk That Smoke, another episode, another chance to talk that smoke. Remember, where there's smoke, there's fire. I am so proud to introduce DJ, EDM and hip hop producer and all around entrepreneur, Kane Legacy. Now, before just a little footnote, we are family, we are cousins, but uh, this is going to be completely objective and I'm going to... <laughs> Hand it over to you. What's up, Kane? What's up, cuz? How you doing, man? What's uh-huh. up, worlds? Thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. So, Cal, we can't do the uh, the Chris Cuomo thing? No. <laughs> 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 uh, man. No, thanks. Well, for which one me, of us? Man. Which one of us is which Cuomo? Because uh, oh. <laughs> I, I don't want to pick Cuomo. Yeah, I see. He said he was going to be impartial. Yeah. Yeah. Next subject. <laughs> well, you're the media guy, so I guess that makes me the government guy. <laughs> right. So mm-hmm. tell us about how how you do it all because you are uh you have connection. You let's say you are a partner in exceptional life fitness. You're mm-hmm. an owner of, of Pharotech and Bad mm-hmm. Influence Crew. So how do these things tie in? Like, how do you find the time to do what you do and still remain safe? Uh, well, and actually, can you give us some, some background of each of those things? Yeah. Like, you, know, you know, let's start with what, let's start with, what this company does and what, we, yeah. Yeah, what we're involved in. Um, yeah, I mean, it all started from my love of, honestly, started from my love of music, right? Um, you know, Kyle, I've been in music almost as long as I can freaking walk and talk. You know, I finally found my niche in actually producing music. You know, I found a lot of joy in producing EDM tracks for myself, put out a couple of albums, um, hip hop tracks for local artists that I'm just, you know, giving away like candy. But I love the act of creation. Um, becoming an entrepreneur is the, um, it was kind of a logical byproduct of that for me because you can do what you want for passion, but you still got to make money. Mm. And I didn't want to move too far away from what I was passionate. Right. That's my advice to anybody. You know what I mean? If you're doing what you're passionate about and you're staying close to that, it's never going to feel like work. You know, uh, Farotech is a computer company. Uh, we make gaming spec, you know, the high spec computer companies, uh, computers that you um, would see like a Stealth Gear, Alienware, but we make it for much lower prices. And the reason I got into that is because I needed originally a machine. I couldn't afford a $2,000 machine to produce my music. So I went and did all the upgrades on an old um, use. It was an Optiplex, a Dell Optiplex from an office space <laughs> that I upgraded to gamer spec. I mean, this thing, even by today's standards, you know, is just chewing through everything you throw at it. So it was kind of like you kind of had to learn this. I kind of had to learn it as a go, but I needed that machine. Works great. I'm sitting right next to it. <laughs> um, and so I decided that um, it'd be great to have that as a business. You know what I mean? Like the, the model being, we can give it the same value that a stealth gear is doing, Alienware is doing, but with a much lower price tag, you know? And um, because not only are the gamers out there, but they're, 
producers that need these specs. I mean, these guys can do tremendous amounts of work, but their machines can't do it. Hmm. You know, trying to produce 64 tracks on a Chromebook is not going to work. <laughs> you know, right. so we're trying to keep um, and multi. Uh, everybody wants to be um, just media creators, content creators, and that's great. But video editing, I don't have to tell you guys how much that takes. You yeah. know what I mean? So I wanted to make that affordable for people. So that's Ferrotech. Um, Bad Influence was a, it's basically an offshoot of everything that I do is in, in terms of like merch. So as you guys know, the, the record industry, we're not making anything off of music sales. Right. So um, merch is how we make our money. So I just figured I'd double down on that. If I'm going to put out merch anyway, I might as well establish a company that will put out my merch for me ah. and, you know, have the tax advantages and things like that. And also be able to contract out that effort to other people. So it's kind of like, you know what I mean? It's a merch company. So when you're on our Instagram, you'll see a bunch of t-shirts. You'll see things about loud music, uh, fast cars, things like that. You know, it, it's just a complete lifestyle brand is what it's evolving into. But basically anybody wants t-shirts made, art created, we do that through that influence. So we make computers and then we give you concepts that you can use on those computers as well. Um, geez, what else am I doing? Um, <laughs> he doesn't even remember. Exceptional Life Fitness um, is basically, well, your brother and another family member, the three of us, we got together and um, we're basically very focused on fitness. Um, I believe that it's a way to keep Yes, how I keep going with this stuff. A lot of it is through fitness. Um, exceptional life fitness is a, a way of expressing the fact that we've been able to use fitness to establish. It, it, if you can be disciplined enough to get into a regular workout routine, that translates into almost any other area of your life. Mm. You know what I mean? We really believe that. I really believe that. So we are just basically out there just motivating people. We're not even trying to make money with exceptional life fitness. There's a way to monetize that we'll do it down the road. Right now, we're just trying to motivate people. Mm -hmm. We're being physical trainers for free. You know what I mean? Because we really want to see people come up. Another thing is the hoods where we come from. You know what I mean? Nobody's really focused on living a healthy lifestyle and into fitness. You know? And I think fitness is freedom. Mm -hmm. It's security. It's freedom from worries like high blood pressure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Things that affect us. You know, we have to... It's not... We are a big demographic, and I want to see us more represented in the fitness field. Hmm. Um, how I'm able to do the things I'm able to do and uh, run these, wear these different hats and uh, not go insane is through fitness. You know, <laughs> like I burn off um, a lot of uh, angst and anxiety through fitness. I keep myself disciplined through fitness. I also am able to maintain it. You wouldn't think it works this way, but or maybe you guys would know. Maybe you guys do work out, which is awesome if you do. Um, working out regularly keeps your energy level up, mm. you know? So it's, it's all these benefits that we were just having these benefits, me, Dave, and because of Papa, we got into running a mile a day, now, by the way. <laughs> um, we want to share that with everybody, you know? If there's a way to monetize it, great. If not, we feel like we want to share the benefits that we're getting with everybody else. Right. So that kind of ties together everything. It's all related. And that's how I'm able to keep everything moving because one thing feeds another, uh -huh. you know?
That's good. So you're not really, you know, you're just not picking uh, random, random things <laughs> yeah. to do because you have a short attention span or you're just spreading mm-hmm. yourself, risking spreading yourself too thin. You actually have a purpose where all of these things are connected. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and uh, the common thread through that is, is staying physically fit and which also affects your mental stability, mental, yes. mental fitness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I wouldn't be able to do any of this stuff if it wasn't for fitness and, and that, that mental mental training that goes along, you know, it's 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 ninety percent what goes on in your mind when you get up in the morning. You know what I mean? If, How do you feel about road rage? I was raging yesterday. So different show altogether. That depends on where you live. I was I was I was raging last yes last night. So I and I I mean I didn't go crazy. I'm just saying I'm exaggerating. But uh, yeah, I'm wondering if I had done. My little workout, maybe I wouldn't have gotten to that point of wanting to run somebody off the road. But that's I find that anger management. Um, <laughs> I, I, the biggest things I do are uh, I do a lot of weights. I do cardio through basketball. I'm a basketball fanatic, and uh, boxing. And these things do tend to burn off a lot of you know they help a lot with anger <laughs> management. You know that in my experience they do. Yeah, I say if you're prone to road rage, I'd say it's better to put on a <laughs> pair of gloves and hit a heavy bag. <laughs> they had a fellow motorist yes. <laughs> <laughs> although you know worlds worlds doesn't like to drive so he can never be a road rager <laughs> oh man but that means he's on transit i mean yeah that's that's road that's a different type of rage altogether <laughs> man anything that has to do with, with 30 minutes or more i don't i, I try to avoid it i'll do it mm. but it's not a tea, you know mm-hmm. i'll just try to avoid it as much as i possibly can no road trips with this guy i guess Unless you're driving, oh, well, yeah, that's that's the problem. <laughs> I don't like to drive either. It's 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 funny, he, uh, Rose, that you brought that up because um, one of the biggest things we're doing, and with the exception of fitness now, um, is trying to convince people that you know, and it's the truth that you really don't have to go to the gym for two hours a day to have a like a fitness rhythm. You know what I mean? So we actually, it's funny you said thirty minutes because that's what we are constantly preaching. Like you can do something in 30 minutes or less on a daily basis that's going to help you a lot. Like the benefits are are, are are exponential from being able to do that regularly. You know, so if you don't have an attention span and want to sit in the gym for two hours or you don't want to stand there and hit the heavy bag for, for 90 minutes, that's fine. You know what I mean? A 30 minute walk is going to do you a whole lot of good as long as you're in that routine. And that's what we're trying to establish be good habits. You know what I mean? I don't want anybody doing anything that's going to feel like work and they, like they're in boot camp. You know? How do you how do you uh, get someone motivated who feels like well, like you say, you know, oh, they don't have the patience or the mindset to sit for too long with a workout, whether it's in gym or whether it's home. If mm. they and, and they prefer to have a partner to to help motivate so they can motivate mm. each other and feed off each other's energy. You know, mm. um, how do you get? How do you reach those people through through an online platform? Well, the thing is right now, and it's funny that you brought that up because we're actually discussing, uh, Dave and uh, Pop is really our business wizard, but we're trying to figure out a way that we can expand to the point where we're giving um, virtual training, like actual virtual training. You know, we get into a range where we're competing with companies like Beachbody by doing that, but that doesn't mean we're going to shy away from it. We're still working on uh, figuring that out because I wish I could be there 
for everybody who messages us every day and go to the gym with them. I really do. You know what I mean? But um, since I can't do that in person, we're just trying to figure out a way to do that virtually. You know, so that's what's under development right now. Actually, that's what's coming next. So I'm really glad you asked that. Uh, so, yeah, we kind of not just like a. I love showing tea, but we're not going to be just yelling through the screen at people for 45 minutes so that they pass out and throw up. We actually want to be there with people virtually, you know, give them a workout partner. They call it accountability partners in Beachbody, but yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're just a workout buddy. You know what I mean? We're trying to figure out a way to do that virtual um, in a way that sticks and actually works and makes sense. Okay. So um, I know you're definitely are very big into music. You're a DJ, you're a music producer, oh, yeah. you're an artist. Um, what made you get into the music industry? And then I saw, um, I checked out your Spotify, man. You got an album out, a whole bunch of EDM stuff. What made you want to produce um, a whole EDM album? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, well, what got me into music? Um, this guy, well, he's right here on my screen. But Kaya, he gave me <laughs> such an eclectic taste of music. Like this guy was, um, he basically was always there. You know, he was out of the group of us kids that came up together. He was the one that was kind of always babysitting the rest of us. And he would play music almost nonstop. You know what I mean? I won't go ahead and shout out his musical taste now, but let's say that they're eclectic. <laughs> they went from everywhere <laughs> from soul to pop. Let's leave it like that. So um, it, it gave me the first taste that I got that it was a world much bigger than the one we were seeing on a daily day, on day to day basis. And I've already thanked you for that, but I got to thank you again. Um, and because of that, I always felt like I wanted to do that. I would take pieces of little albums he was playing for us. And like, this was before we had looping software or anything like that. And I, all I had was a cassette, really a cassette um, recorder that you always <laughs> were wondering where it was. You know, I always had it. You know, and I would record one piece of a of a music, you know, inter instrumental from one of these songs, and then bring it back again. And this would be a, like a second and a half at a time until I had a five minute beat. And, and then I take it to high school, you know, or, or junior high school, in high school, and we rap to it and record these demos. I mean, the things were horrible, but we were creating things. You know what I mean? And it felt good to do. And we got better and better and better over time. But it all started from that, you know, like we were able to see other, I mean, this guy was listening to bands from Australia, from, you know what I mean, from, from Europe, and we were getting a window into how big the world was. And that is so important, you know what I mean? And that's how I started music, basically with him. Um, to your other question, what made me produce an EDM album of all albums? Honestly, man, um, God, I don't even want to say this, but I'm, I promise you guys it's going to be real. I did a rap album. <laughs> at first and it was good i mean everybody says rain of fire was good it's just that i feel like rap is kind of a younger man's game um i got trapped also into the feeling of having to live up to these lyrics i was in a bad kind of a i don't know i was too young when i did it i think and i got confused by a lot of materialistic things i expressed a lot of anger on that album and I had to live up to these things. And I find that's a bad cycle to get into. You know what I mean? So me as an artist, I'm better off expressing myself through music than I think I, I was ever through lyrics. Um, it's just, I mean, I hate to even put myself out there in a negative light, but it was a learning experience. 
albums. I think it was a very good, very technically good album, but there were a lot of messages that I wish that I could have taken back. I think I'm better off making the music that people can rap to. As far as EDM, that's the only type of music that I really feel comfortable doing from beginning to end without having to rely on bringing in a rapper or having to rap myself or bringing in a singer. I can do the whole thing myself and express myself from beginning to end. You know what I mean? So that's why we I started with EDM. You know? And that's cathartic too, I guess. That's also yeah. part of the, that ties in to your whole mental well-being kind of thing. Yes. Doing something yes, that's satisfying and you're still pleasing your audience. Exactly. The album that um Worlds that you probably saw was Evolution. I finished that. Um, I was going through a really dark time, like a really bad time. And I just, every day was, I was looking forward to just sitting in front of my computer and making music. And that's the only way I could get to sleep at night was to put that emotion out into those tracks. And it became something where I find that when you really are able to put your emotion into what you're doing, when you listen to it back, you can't remember the steps of making it. It has its own life at that point. You know what I mean? Like my music, when I listen to it now, it could be just like anything else. I hear from Tiesto, uh, Martin Garrix, or uh, anybody else, or Dr. Dre. It's music. It's out there. It's a wall of sound that has a life of its own. And that's how I know I was in the right, heading in the right direction. You know? nice. Very cathartic. <laughs> Very. Right. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's cool, man. Sorry for the long answer. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You look, bro, you broke it down. Like that's, <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what I wanted to hear. So mm. especially so pretty much music was like your therapy in a way when you were yeah, going. Oh yeah. Still is. Still is. Still is to this day. It really is. I um like I said, when I was rapping, um, just to revisit that, um when I was rapping, I meant to say that I put out an angry message. I don't it wasn't so much about drugs. I was never misogynistic but I was very angry. Um, and I do feel proud of that work and the fact that it's honest work, but it's also an image that's very exhausting to live up to. Mm. And, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Um, yeah. Whereas I can put my mu- emotions into my music and then that lives on its own. Mm. I don't have to live up to that. I can just be me, you know? Does that make sense? Mm. And people get trapped too much into the character that they build yeah. for themselves. Emotion is one anger, but then if you're known for that, that's what all people want to see. They don't want to hear you talk about anything else but your anger, you know. And it's a trap, you know. But with music, with instrumental music, I find that I'm freer. You know, it lives on its own, and I'm free to be me. You know? Yeah, I um, I probably need a lot of therapy, but <laughs> <laughs> well, music is a start, though. They do have music therapy, so we make a song called Therapeutics. Hey, <laughs> I got one's called Shots and Pills. I might as well do therapeutics next, right? Okay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it was Little Tekka, I think it was just recently. Um, I read an interview in a magazine that was, and he was basically saying that he put out an album, he dropped an album during the uh, last year that mm. uh, was largely, largely ignored. But um, he. Who was this Tekka, you said? Yeah. Okay. He was uh, um, he was talking about how the headspace he was in at the time is not what he wants to represent now. Exactly. A year, exactly. A year on from that, so mm-hmm. you know, you 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 grow, which is a good thing. But if you 
I think if you get caught up in a character, even if it's not a fictional character, if it's not a role that you're playing lyrically, but it is just some something that represents you at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're constantly revisiting that, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, in other songs, or or if you're you know performing older material, you do you grow? You know, do you show your growth in that mm-hmm. regard? You know what I mean? Or are you just saying, well, this is what worked. I'm going to keep that up, even if it doesn't feel authentic to me anymore. Yeah. Oh, you hit it. Yeah, you hit it right on the head, man. It's not that me at the time was in, inauthentic. You said the word uh, wasn't authentic. It's just that it was one side of my character. Right. You know, my my, my total character as a as a real, very real person. Um, but the problem with that is you get pigeonholed. You pigeonhole yourself. You're trapped. You like you said, you have to keep revisiting it. Let's go back a little bit, like open it up a little bit. I think that's why a lot of you think every rapper right now wants to be talking about trap. <laughs> drugs and hoes and bitches in every song. I know they don't. I know they don't. You know what I mean? But that's what sells. That's what sells. Right? So they're stuck in that one dimension. If they, they if they came if they blew up for that, that's what the labels want. Yeah. That's what fans want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like now you're now you're you're being dictated to, you know, uh, by by the the wants and needs of others instead of following mm-hmm. your own your own course really uh, what you really you know want to do in terms of your heart really. yeah and being an instrumental producer or, i guess you could call me an artist i'm kind of freed from that you know because the music you can interpret that it's like you know fine art on a, on a wall you can interpret that however you choose to, you know and music is the same way you know how can you say well that's angry music well, that's sad music. Well, that's drug music. Like that's nonsense. You know, it's just music. Right. You know, and right. I do feel for rappers. I, I, a lot. I really do. Um, and I'm not saying that as an outsider. I, I, I feel for them because there's a lot of criticism as to their subject material. But I don't think people realize why they're doing what they're doing. You know what I mean? And I do feel for them because they gotta feel trapped. Some of them. I mean, maybe some of them don't. You know. But I think that when you get rich and you become wealthy, you. You don't want to do two things. You want to get yourself and your family out of the hood, or you want to go back and try to change the hood for the better. They can't mm. talk about these things in their music. And I know, <laughs> I know, I, I believe a lot of them do want that and want these things, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And like you said, with artists being stuck in that, you know, stereotype that people listen mm-hmm. to, like you look at Little Nas X, who's, you know, been trending for a while. Oh, I'm so glad you brought him up. <laughs> 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 you know, I was you know what? That. I am so glad you brought him up. It's like you're a mind reader, boss. Um, not to cut you off, but Lil Nas X is a genius. All right, let me explain that to you. Th- this man is a genius because he, and I can tell you, as somebody who lives in a state that's seventy-five percent conservative, ninety-five percent white, he had him. Mm-hmm. Old dirt road, he had. Them. You know what I mean? All the conservatives were singing the lyrics to this man's songs. And they loved him to death. And then the big reveal, right? <laughs> oh, the dang. big reveal. The ultimate troll by being himself. He freed himself from that trap. He wasn't just a country rapper. He can do whatever he wants to. Like he's so, he's the one of the freest artists I've ever seen. Mm. You know what I mean? 
by doing it. The man's a genius. And he did all of this by knowing where the strings were to pull. So he was a master tactician of this. You know what I mean? And I think he's being true to himself. You know what I mean? At the same time, the man's a genius. He's a freaking genius, man. He really is. Hats off. <laughs> Hats off to him. Absolutely. It's a huge win. You got conservative America listening to me. Everybody listening to me. Whether they like you or not, they're listening. Well, and then you've just completely flipped the script and you say, well, this is who I am, fuckers. Uh, <laughs> I got you. Come on, man. That is how you like me now. <laughs> yeah. How do you? Yeah. Yeah. You help put me where I'm at. You know what I mean? What, 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 what his first record, but it saw like 30 million. And like, no, that, no, that was, that was 30 million was all the remixes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know where else is the number. It seems to be the numbers guy. You know what he sold on his first? Yeah. I, I think it was around that. Maybe yeah. even more. I double yeah, check Spotify streams, especially for Old Town Road. It definitely, I think it's almost cost like yeah. a trillion, to be honest with you. Woo! The, 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 it's just yeah, the funny he, thing is that they, they didn't want the, there was the controversy around that was country yeah. stations that did not feel, oh no, this isn't it isn't a country song. Mm -hmm. So even though it has Billy Ray Cyrus and it has uh, you know a country theme and, and you know even the video was leaning towards that, they're like, oh well, you know, we're not gonna play it because it's not, you know. You see, but you know who was saying these things? Radio. Yeah. Right? Radio was saying that. And there you go with that what they're trying to enforce on us, media. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm very concerned about what media has in store for us when it comes to these agendas, because that wasn't happening in the clubs here. Mm -hmm. When I was spinning for these folks, they were requesting that song. Now, I didn't play it because I don't like country and I don't want to mess with that, you know what I mean, that whole, like, vibe. I, I mean, I start playing one country record in a place like this, I got to play 20 of them, right? and I'm not that mm -hmm. easy. But I still respected what he was doing. And I was like, yeah, I got those requests. And would, even I get so many that I would play it at the end of the night instead of it's closing time. I would throw an old town up, you know what I mean, as a compromise. But that's how much, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like country music. But <laughs> I had it. I had it in my collection. I bought it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, that's how genius this thing is. So the radio had it wrong. You know what I mean? Because you're absolutely right. They were against that record because they thought it was a gimmick song and they, they thought this and the third, but it was getting the spins on Spotify like this. It was getting the spins in the clubs because I was <clears throat> against my will, you know? So like, we really gotta be careful about media in this country, man. Like it's like, it, and now they're down on him for the exact opposite. <laughs> but guess who's got his song, his new song on his mix? And his next mix coming out, I do, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, he is a genius and he's a real talent. And, you know, he's, if he keeps going the way he's going, he's going to become like a national treasure. Not, you know, so nice. I can't speak highly enough of him. Right. Personally.